What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the February 9th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, but you can call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the king of the courtside, the courtside king, the king of gaming, Joey. What's up, buddy? I don't know if I quite go that far uh, from many different perspectives. But yes, John, we are back. We are off last week. Uh, it's been an interesting start to the year, to be completely honest. I feel like gaming news has been in and out. Uh, there's definitely a lot of Microsoft, Activision, Sony, UK, regulation body, FTC. All of that is like constantly going on, but that's not really that fun to talk about over and over. Like, hey, someone subpoenaed someone. Someone said, hey, I don't do this. Then we found out they do it in a document and back and forth. And it's just not that fun, guys. So overall, now that esports leagues are starting back up, we talked about the NBA 2K League last week. The LEC and LCS are in full swing now. Unfortunately, uh, my team Fnatic is as far as full swing can go the opposite direction. Uh, they are not looking too good to start off their League of Legends season. Uh, but games are starting to flow in. We had Dead Space come out recently. Hogwarts Legacy, if you've been living under a rock, you may not have heard about it. But if you're outside of that rock, uh, it is coming out this week. Uh, tons of controversy around it, too, depending who you talk about. Um, if you are looking forward to playing the game, my suggestion would be not to look at different things on different social media platforms because some people are posting spoilers, others are posting hate messages and back and forth. If you want to play the game, enjoy the game. Uh, one of the biggest controversies, and we'll touch on it a bit tonight, is with J.K. Rowling's comments previously uh, as far as transgender and stuff like that goes. So it, there's going to be controversy around it regardless, but it's treating one another kindly throughout the whole thing should be the major point here. And enjoying games as well. So uh, we'll touch on that a bit later. But yeah, other than that, John, I feel like we're starting to get into the news. It's just been a little bit slow. So we've been on and off with the show so far this year. Absolutely. And Nation, uh, whether we're doing the show or not, whatever week it may be, have no fear. Make sure you follow us on social media to get all your information in gaming and esports news updates. Follow at Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. That is at LVLUP Live. And Ooh, pardon me, I'm already burping already. We're, I'm, I'm a one sip in this episode, I'm already burping. And Nation, while you are at it, follow Joey at Courtside King, myself at Fiasco. If you are watching here live on Twitch, those are the names you are currently staring at. Uh, if you are listening on the podcast version, check the show notes. We'll have the proper spelling and punctuation and all that fun stuff down there for you as well to follow us on social media. And Nation touched on it just briefly. The live show on Twitch is the place to be, but have no fear. The show is offered in that podcast form, as mentioned. Check out the Level Up podcast available on your podcatcher of choice. Extra credit sub to OTN Media on Twitch and earn Joey's eternal love and a back rub. Uh, you can redeem your channel points for that. I believe we're going to set that at 50,000 channel points for Joey to fly out to give you a personal back rub. Uh, asterisks, uh, not going to happen. All right, Joey, we touched on a little bit what we're talking about today. It's going to be action-packed. Uh, like you said, it's it's been a little bit of a slow start to the year. It's been a little funky, uh, but we do have some topics. Are there anything else you want to touch on before uh, we get started? I think that covers it. I mean, overall, the big things we're diving into on today's episode, we have Hogwarts Legacy, we have Nintendo, uh, the Switch breaking a big record recently, as well as some nice business decisions by Nintendo alongside a Direct that gave us a lot of new announcements, uh, previews of new games, new trailers for games, new DLC looks, 
Uh, on top of that, we're going to dive into some upcoming updates. It feels like this is the season of updates right now. We have new seasons coming out on a bunch of different games, new DLCs dropping. So touching a bit on stuff like Apex Legends, Age of Empires Season 4, uh, where they kind of jump a little bit more into fantasy than what we've seen before with that genre. Halo Infinite just launched their community collection playlist. Marvel Snap is going to the Quantum Realm to celebrate the release of Ant-Man coming up soon and much more. So we have quite a bit to dive into tonight, good sir. All right, Joey, we have our topics. Before we can start, we need to know your beverage of choice for uh, what's this? Oh, crap. Look at that. Episode 300. Joey, for the 300th time, what are you sipping on for Level Up? Absolutely, John. I am sipping on some nice bourbon tonight. I'm going with some Blanton's, so pulled out a little bit more of the high-dollar stuff to celebrate episode 300 alongside you. Good, sir. Uh, I also went fancy. I went with the Truly Mango Lemonade, hey. <laughs> which is not fancy at all, uh, but who cares? Uh, that's what we're rocking with, Joey. 300 episodes in the book at the end of tonight. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time. We have our topics. We have our beverages. Joey, it's time to get into gaming and esports news. And, of course, this segment is presented by GamerBytes, bite-sized gaming and esports news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today. If you are here in Twitch, that link will be in the chat for you. If you are listening on the podcast a little bit later on, we'll have that link in the show notes for you as well. Joey, let's go ahead and get right into gaming and esports news. Let's go! Absolutely. So, guys, tonight's show, as we said, we're going to kick it off with some Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, John, both you and I have had the pleasure of diving into this game. We both gave into the early access edition of it. Uh, some of us, I think at least one of us, I definitely did. I switched myself to New Zealand, took a little one-night trip there, played a little bit just to get the game kicked off, to feel the hype on day one, per se, at least for those in New Zealand. Um, I'm enjoying it so far, and I believe you are as well. The customization up front, pretty decent level of that. I feel like the story has gotten off to a good start. And overall, I feel like the combat not quite super satisfying to me yet. Will get better as more spells are unlocked, in my opinion. Uh, the other thing that really sticks out to me so far, and then I'll dive into your stuff, is the collectibles. I am a sucker for collectibles. You guys know I'm an achievement hunter. I feel like there's, I can't even count the different number of, like, puzzle statues to solve and puzzle doors to solve and little pages to find floating around uh, it definitely feels like this is going to be a very collectible heavy journey yeah so for the millennial generation that grew up with harry potter this is the kind of game you want i mean you get to have your own hogwarts experience you get to create your own character and if you're like me uh that was like a good first like five hours of the game as you trying to figure out how your character is going to look um, and how they're going to represent you as your uh, witch and or wizard in game. Uh, so, yeah, I think the customization was really, really cool up front. It wasn't too in-depth, which I do appreciate because it would literally take me hours on end. I think the whole thing only took me maybe 25, 30 minutes. And that was with me taking my time, too. Uh, so decent level of customization there. If you link your Pottermore account or Wizarding World account, whatever it's called, uh, to WB Games... Uh, account uh, it will automatically sort you into your house that you got on your wizarding world profile same thing with your wand uh, so that's kind of cool so that kind of like helps you know slim things out or if you want the true experience of you know starting fresh you know having the hat ask you questions and you ask questions that's another cool way of doing it too to figure out what you're going to be in but at the end of the day i would definitely say link an account even if it's a blank account from wizarding world because it unlocks uh, free in-game cosmetics as well. I think that's really cool. That's one of the things I love uh, in any video game is in-game cosmetics. Uh, it's always a lot of fun uh, there. So definitely check that out if that's something you're interested in. 
Uh, but overall, Joey, yeah, I mean, th the story is great so far. I think we're roughly about four or five hours in uh, to our play. Um, you know, explore exploring ho uh, Hogwarts is it's ginormous. First off, uh, thank God for the mini map and uh, a built-in GPS. It feels like because otherwise, I had no clue where I'm going in there. Uh, Hogsmeade is really cool. Uh, getting your wand from Olivan, uh, Ol Olivanders. Yeah, you had the right. Yeah, yeah. Olivanders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, is such a cool experience customizing your wand, how it looks, and everything too. It is literally a Harry Potter gamer or just Harry Potter fans dream game of being able to live your own Hogwarts experience. Uh, I, I think it's it's really, really cool. Uh, the fact that it's already shattering records left and right, Joey, and it's only on pre-release. You have to pre-order it uh, to actually play the game, and it's already shattering records. It, it drops fully tomorrow on the 10th. And, and, Joey, I mean, let's talk a little bit about these records. It's going absolutely insane. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the big one out here is on Twitch itself where we're streaming tonight. It now holds the record for peak concurrent viewers of a single player game on Twitch with 1.28 million on that. I mean, John, those are massive numbers. I can't remember the game it beat out overall. I should have written that one down. Uh, but overall, I mean, there have been some great single player games out there that have put up crazy records. Monster Hunter recently, Cyberpunk was another one. Uh, some for the actual game, some to show off the bugs. Um, but overall, we've had some pretty epic adventures in recent times. And for this one to be a single player game coming out again amid some controversy. But I think one of the keys is that it's releasing on multiple platforms. A lot of these big games, whether it be God of War, whether it be Halo Infinite, they release on a single platform. Halo on Xbox, God of War on PlayStation. So you don't pull in as many people overall. This one, while it didn't unfortunately make it out to Switch on day one, it is on PlayStation, it is on PC, it is on Xbox, Xbox Series S and X. So you're hitting three to four different platform holders up front, and all of those have the capability of streaming directly to Twitch. So I think that probably helps the viewership here in comparison to some of these other ones. Um, but overall, anything over a million, I think, is huge concurrent on Twitch, and 1.28 is definitely something not to scoff at. Yeah, and I think it's going to go up even more when the game fully releases tomorrow, uh, especially since uh, I'll touch on the next bullet point here. Uh, there's going to be Twitch drops tomorrow. Uh, if, if you have the game and it's already installed and you have it connected to your Twitch account by watching the, the launch streams and, and, and official co-streamers, you can get more free in-game merch, in-game cosmetics. Uh, really, really cool stuff there. I love it when they do crossovers like that, encouraging you to uh, get involved with that community as well that's playing that same game by watching either the official launch stream or official streamers get those drops it's really cool you're gonna be watching twitch anyway you might as well be watching and get some free stuff out of it as well uh so yeah i i absolutely love it i, I think it's really really cool uh and, and again just the numbers that we've seen so far from pre-release uh is absolutely insane it's only going to go up even more tomorrow when it fully releases right and i think that's the biggest thing like we hit on the numbers we hit on the comparison we hit on it launching on more platforms up front but like as John said, it's not even fully released yet. This is just the people who A, pre-ordered, and B, I think, it was it the premium edition you had to have for the early access to, or is it just the pre-order? Yeah. You had to have the premium access to get the 72-hour head start uh, on the game. So let's be real here. That's that's 80 bucks. So the game normally is 70 because uh, we're in the era where all video games now cost $69.99. Uh, so the, the deluxe edition, only 10 bucks more. And, and Joey, I mean, you, you, you call me this on the show all the time. Uh, you give me grief about it all the time, uh, especially when it comes to my Lux skins in League of Legends. Uh, Ten bucks for, was it like 
five pieces of cosmetics and not just any cosmetics, the dark art, the dark art cosmetics. Uh, yeah, the extra 10 bucks is worth it. Plus the 72 hours of gameplay that you get to uh, play the game prior to it being released. 10 bucks is almost a no brainer. If this is a game you're going to get, you know, well, not now, but spend the extra $10 and get the cosmetics. Yeah, I definitely think that's one of the big points, right? Like a lot of these games, when you have the premium edition, it's like $20 more. And then there's another one for $40 or $50 more where you can get some kind of collectible statue or whatever. I think 10 bucks is very reasonable, though. Yes, you get the cosmetics. If you're not into cosmetics, you still have access to that 72-hour pre-play period had you gotten it earlier on in the week. Uh, if you switch to New Zealand, you could even have more than 72 hours. Um, but yeah, overall, I feel like it's definitely worth it for the 10 bucks more. Um, whether you got it or not, it's a pretty good game from the little bit we've played so far. Again, John, what'd you estimate? We're around like five hours or so probably in. Yeah, about four or five hours in. And look, if you're a fan of Harry Potter, you watch the movies, you've read the books, you're going to be quoting lines from the books and the movies during your own adventure. I mean, there was one part where there was a troll that you had to fight. And I think my first reaction was troll in the dungeon. Uh, and then I said, ah, but it's not in the dungeon. Hey. Uh, so that was kind of funny. And then it ended up being two trolls. And I was like, trolls, not in the dungeon. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was, it's fine. Like, you will find yourself quoting the movies, quoting the books uh, as you're playing the game. Uh, just because it's such an immersive uh, universe for Harry Potter. Yeah, I think my biggest complaint so far is probably the map. I feel like the map is ginormous, but the way they have done Hogwarts Castle, it is a little bit difficult to find your way around. And I feel like that's just going to get better over time, right? Like the main campaign is estimated to take somewhere around 40 or so hours. A completionist is supposed to take somewhere around 80 to 120 hours. I think it's 80 for one playthrough, and then you have to play through the other houses to some point within that game. Uh, kind of staying away from spoilers on that. But overall, I feel like... The map is just a little complicated for me. The one nice thing, and I don't know if I knew this going in, is that there is a fast travel system, and they do it through flu powder, which I think is a really creative way of doing it within that universe. Um, but that does make things a little bit easier. With that being said, even zooming in, John, I don't know if you have the same occurrence, I feel like I always take the wrong flu powder thing, and I still have yeah. to end up traversing like 30 staircases to find my way. Uh, so I'm still kind of working my way around how to utilize the map best in Hogwarts. Yeah, it feels like there's like 80 flu spots in Hogwarts by itself. And I, I see what they tried to do because Hogwarts is so massive. You have different zones you have to click on first. Then you can see the flu uh, travel spots uh, in those areas of Hogwarts. But let's say you're trying to get back to your common room. Like let's say you're a Slytherin and you know you're in the basement. Well, where's the basement in 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 Hogwarts Castle? It, right. Which one of the eight sections it feels like is where it's at? And then you have to try to figure that out. And then once you click on the sections, the ones you've discovered are green. The ones you have not discovered are grayed out. Uh, then you have to hover over it. Uh, it, it. It does take. It is a little bit of a learning curve to try to remember where everything is. Uh, hopefully, it is something that does get a little bit better. The the, the fast travel system, while great, uh, is not as straightforward as some other. Um, fast travel systems. I don't necessarily mind having to run around the castle a little bit more, um, but if you're going to try to make it easier for the gamer because the map is so massive, um, you have to find a better way of distinct distinguishing what is what in those sections. And that's not, and that's just the castle. When you zoom out from the castle, you take a look at the world in itself. Mm -hmm. It's like eight times as big as the area around the castle, if not more. It's absolutely. I don't think I. I don't think I knew how big the map was going to be. 
uh, before I actually saw it. And I believe I was uh, we were streaming together on, on Discord uh, when, when we kind of discovered that. We both had the same reaction of like, holy crap, this is massive. Uh, thank God there's a fast travel system because otherwise it'll be, it'll be like World of Warcraft in the Barrens before Cataclysm where it takes you literally an hour to get from north right. to south. It's got that WoW look, that <laughs> Assassin's Creed look with yeah. this giant map. And as John just keeps scrolling down, I'm like, okay, it's going to end at some point, right? We hit Hogsmeade. It we hit this area outside. <laughs> there's the Dark Forest. Okay, like it's got to end, right? And then scroll, scroll, scroll. Mm -hmm. Sorry to look like cyberpunk patch notes there for a bit just right? as long as that page was. Um, but yeah, overall, I love the look of the map. I'm curious to see how they intertwine the story outside of Hogwarts. Like, obviously, most people who have watched the IP and read the IP know mainly Hogwarts. You have a little bit of interaction with Hogsmeade. There's some Ministry of Magic stuff that goes on here and there. But outside of that, you really don't experience too, too much outside the grounds of Hogwarts itself. I guess, does the Dark Forest, was that fall on the grounds and off, I guess, kind of? I don't know exactly where that one falls in. Oh, it's, um, it's it's past the it's it's past the boundaries of the of the land of the grounds to those who do not wish to die in most unfortunate death. Wow. Okay, we're pulling out quotes tonight. You love to see it. Uh, so it kisses the grounds, but just off of that, and then we enter into John's quote there. Uh, but this definitely goes much farther than just the dark forest, much farther south, especially. So we'll see where the story takes us. Again, we'll keep it spoiler-free here. And John and I are not very far in anyway, so we won't tell you about our first classes because that's about as far as we've gotten. Um, but overall, I think the game has a lot to deliver, and it seems like, at least from our limited playthrough so far, it will end up meeting that around 40-hour main quest line. Next up in the news is Nintendo. John Mario, his good old buddy Luigi, and Mr. Miyamoto over there in Japan continue to make big moves. The Switch is now the third best-selling console of all time at 122.55 million units sold. What did it pass? It passed the combined Game Boy and Game Boy Color sales at 118.69 million and the good old PS4 at 117.2 million. Uh, I think the PS4 is technically still selling, but I think Sony has cut off numbers, so I think it will stay at 117 here. Uh, with that being said, it probably could have passed the, well, I don't know. I mean, the Switch is going to keep selling, right? The Switch will continue to sell. Uh, we'll probably hit 130 here in the next year or two, even if another Switch is announced. With that being said, I do not know if it hits the second place here, which is held by the Nintendo DS at 154 million, and that does not include an additional 75.9 million from 3DS sale units. And then in first place, the ever-living PlayStation 2, uh, one of the biggest consoles of its generation. I feel like it honestly didn't really have much competition either. It just dominated for what felt like a decade. 155 million, a massive number there coming out from this PlayStation 2. And then Nintendo DS again, 154, kind of dominating that handheld genre. Uh, those two really being the behemoths and continue to look like the behemoths for many years to come. Yeah, I mean, the big thing with the PS2, granted, they didn't have any competition. Um, but if you go back and look at the graphics from the original PlayStation to the jump to PlayStation 2, that is the largest graphical jump in video gaming history uh, is between those two. You go from essentially smooth blocks that looked somewhat like people or animals or objects uh, in these games to high-def, three-dimensional characters that actually look like people, that actually look like what they're supposed to look like. Like the wheels on a bus look round, not squarish round, because it was hard to smooth over corners in the regular PlayStation uh, when you design graphics. So, so yeah, I mean, the PS2 is going to hold it for a little bit, um, but, you know, the Switch this is what i there's no way to do this and i know uh but people that rebuy uh 
switches, like that should not count to your overall sales. Like if you got the OG switch on launch and then like three years later you want to upgrade to whatever the new model switch is, it, it shouldn't count, but it will count. It's fine. It's whatever. Uh, but it's, it's just like when uh, every video game console that comes out, there's that halfway point where the slim version comes out. And thank God for PlayStation 2 Slim because that original PlayStation 2 was a beefy boy. It was um, not that bad. <laughs> it was thick, bro. Look, th that that was a very thick console. It was big. It was massive. The PS2, I don't think it was that bad. Hold on a second. Hold on. No, you're right. PS2 was not bad. It was the PlayStation 3 that was a thick boy. That was My big. apologies. That was big. Yes. And it sounded like a jet engine. Yeah. It did. It did. No, the, the PS2 was a good old block boy um, that... Uh, look kind of cool still had the memory cards which thank god those are gone um but yeah uh the, the the playstation 2 was cool the playstation 3 was the beefy boy my bad uh but yeah the the ps2 was was good uh but but the slim models that always came out were like a fraction of the size and you're just like how come you couldn't do this first and it's because they have to perfect the you know the parts and everything and go from there but yeah it's cool stuff. yeah it is interesting how consoles have just evolved like the xbox series x looks like a almost like a square computer tower at this point. We have the big boy over there in the PS5. That thing's just giant, tall, Series <laughs> X, the little small beast guy. Uh, yeah, they have definitely, we've seen console designs make their shifts here and there over time. And uh, the power of them, I think, is the biggest thing at this point. Like, they overpower most PCs. I feel like the general PC is now overpowered by a console, which is crazy to think about 10 to 20 years ago. Yeah, and then, like, also when you think about it, too, is um, I forgot my train of thought. Wow. That doesn't <laughs> happen often. Train uh, of thought just crashed. Yeah. I just, I literally had a blue screen of death in my brain. Um, so I will try wow. to figure out what I was going with, but uh, nope. Someone tried to go to platform nine and three quarters and hit a little early on that hit, wall. Let me hit reset on my brain real quick. Hey, yo. Uh, so moving on from Nintendo, Switch doing very well. Now third highest selling console of all time, 122 million units there again. The people is chasing the Nintendo DS and PlayStation 2 just above 154 million. We'll see if it makes it there. As John said, though, different models do count toward that. I believe the Switch Lite is counting in there and the Switch OLED, I think is what they ended up calling it in the end. I don't know if a new Switch will count toward that because I think it will be a newer, higher gen Switch. So that would kind of become a new iteration if that does end up releasing. Nintendo has also announced a 10% pay raise for all of their employees in Japan. This is significant not only because they're paying employees, and I love the idea of a company supporting employees that are already there and continuing to build up their morale within the company, but it comes on the back of a ton of big tech layoffs. You have Microsoft laying off 10,000, Google and Amazon laid off somewhere between 15 and 18,000. There's another big tech company that laid off 10,000. And then you have other ones like Unity, I think, laid off a good chunk of people. Uh, we've seen just pretty much everyone in gaming and tech that is a big either trillion-dollar company or moving toward trillion dollars laying off quite a few people. So it has been a very, very big um, time for layoffs just in big tech in general as we kind of move toward a potential recession here uh, in the U.S. So to see someone, again, not U.S.-based necessarily here in Nintendo um, over there in Japan making this move, though, saying, hey, where other people are cutting talent in the gaming industry and the tech industry, we are going to invest in what we have motivate them to work harder so that we can continue to support them moving forward. Anything else on the Switch selling a ton of copies and that 10% pay raise over there in Japan? I want a pay raise. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I mean, don't we all, right? 
Um, we'll see. Right now, uh, we are not quite there here at the OTN coffer, at least. But if you guys want to sub to us here on Twitch, maybe we can get John that pay raise he wants. Uh, next up is the Nintendo Direct. Uh, John, I unfortunately did not get a chance to watch this live. I'm not sure if you did either. I know we had a busy week um, this past week. But there are some big spotlights and highlights to hit on. Overall, the Switch Direct, or the Nintendo Direct, rather, ran about 40 minutes in length. The spotlights that Nintendo would like you to hear about, we're going to hit on those first, and that is Pikmin 4. Uh, we saw our first trailer for Pikmin 4. For those who don't know what Pikmin is, uh, this is a little game... Um, I don't really know how to describe it. You're kind of like a space gardener of sorts. You pick up these little Pikmin creatures uh, that some people compare to Pokemon, but to me, they're very different than Pokemon. They're more like little colored seedlings that have different abilities that kind of play out throughout the game as you traverse through a different world. The trailer was good. It seems like fans of Pikmin have enjoyed the trailer and are looking forward to this fourth installment of the genre. I don't think I've played a Pikmin game since the original. I don't know if you've dove into any of them, John, um, but they are not quite sprouting my attention per se. Yeah, as um, someone who does not own a Switch, I have not played Pikmin. I have, yeah, I uh, my last, uh, I think I, yeah, I can I can actually see my Game Boy Color sitting over there. Uh, no, I, I no, I haven't played Pikmin at all. Love it, and a big shout out to Philly fan Dan for that sub in chat, trying to get John toward his raise. Thank you very much, much appreciated here at Twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. For those listening on the podcast, come join us and hang out with us and Philly Fan Dan here in chat. Uh, next up, we have Splatoon 3 DLC. Uh, John, this one's incoming very soon. A uh, little ink coming. Ha, ha, ha. You love the puns here as well. Um, but overall, no. I think Splatoon as a franchise, uh, it got off to a great start. It was supposed to be Nintendo's big jump into esports, uh, which since then we've noticed that Nintendo can't support esports very effectively, um, from cutting funding of crowdfunded tournaments to not allowing different usages of trailers here and there. And it's like, okay, Nintendo, let's just be friends with our community. Um, but they're still working on that. One way they're hoping to move that forward is with some new Splatoon DLC. Overall, I think Splatoon is a good time. Uh, it's an interesting game where you're kind of painting a map, per se. It reminds me of um, what is it, the ACDC song that I'm thinking of, uh, Paint It Black. Uh, that's kind of what I think of when I think of Splatoon. I'm like, okay, let's just paint this town in whatever color we end up being. There's eventually like little competitions. Shut up over there. I see you laughing. Uh, <laughs> you said ACDC was painted black? I don't know. I'm trying to think while I'm trying it's to find Rolling this article. Stones, man. Oh, what am I thinking? Maybe I like Horrible. the ACDC version. Is there an ACDC version? Okay, yeah, you look that up while I'm talking about Splatoon. Anyway, we're going back to Inkopolis. We have some new DLC coming. The iconic Squid Sisters will be performing during the Splatfest competitions. The first wave launches in spring 2023 up here in the Northern Hemisphere. Following this announcement, a surreal teaser also came out of the new content, and there's going to be a strangely blank world known as the Side Order as part of this expansion. And my guess, being Splatoon, you're probably going to end up painting that mysterious planet but we'll have to keep an eye on some fresh shopkeepers and what they bring to the table, as well as what this new planet has to offer as well. I see nothing on here about ACDC ever. Okay. Either. What am I thinking of? Learn your classic rock, my guy. Come on. Thank I, you, Pat. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't think it was the Rolling Stones version that I'm thinking of, though. I... I Joey, I, I can't play it on stream for obvious reasons. I know, I know. Because <laughs> otherwise I would. I think I'm thinking of a remixed version I found somewhere, but I was thinking it was ACDC for some reason. But I will find it at some point. Maybe we'll post it on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us there, twitter.com forward slash level up live. <laughs> <laughs> can you guys tell we skipped a week? Um, anyway, so 
<laughs> Back to Nintendo here. So it was Splatoon. We're painting things. Great times. This one, John, is right down your alley. Uh, Nintendo Online, the experience has sucked over the last couple years, but they've finally been improving it. We have things like a friends list. We have online stability that works every 50% of matches you try to connect to. So, hey, progress. On top of that, we have access to a bunch of old games from GameCube to Nintendo 64 to the original Nintendo and so on and so forth. Well, that classic gaming library will be continuing to grow, now adding some Game Boy and Game Boy Advance titles. Uh, John, this to me is probably one of the most exciting updates for Nintendo Online so far. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's competition out there. It's time to upgrade. It's time to get your stuff ready because... It's hard to compete. It's getting more and more competitive every day. So kudos to Nintendo for finally doing it. Absolutely. So to touch on some of those games, ladies and gentlemen, we have Tetris, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX, Gargoyles Quest, Game & Watch Gallery 3, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare Color Edition, Metroid 2, <laughs> Wario Land 3, and Kirby's Dream Land. So Kirby. all of those will be there, as well as more games added in the future, including... In italicies here, or italics, uh, The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Ages, and Oracle of Seasons, Kirby's Tilt and Tumble, and of course, the Pokemon trading card game as well. Wow, what a night. What a night. Um, I'm excited for that. I think that's one of the things that, again, I'm not subscribed to the, like, I don't know what they call it, the Pro Edition or whatever, the Premium Edition of Nintendo Switch Online. I'm kind of on the basic tier of, hey, let me go trade Pokemon with my friends whenever I hop on every month or so. Um, but overall, I think this is something that will entice gamers, especially hitting some of that nostalgia, or maybe some of those younger gamers who are into the older stuff, uh, older music of bands that they can actually name, unlike me, or older game titles like those on Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. With that being said, we also got a new trailer for it, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. John, this is one you're going to want to pull up for us on stream here. The Legend of Zelda, the original game, Breath of the Wild, when it launched for Switch, did phenomenally well. I believe it won Game of the Year the year it came out. It sold incredibly well, breaking a lot of these Switch records as far as sales go. Now we get that next edition, the new open-world Zelda game coming out. Uh, a lot of people going in were super stoked for this game. They're very excited for the next edition of the game and the story of The Legend of Zelda. But after seeing the trailer, some of them did get taken aback a little bit. Uh, there are some new things that kind of give it that more of a sky theme to it as opposed to what we saw in Breath of the Wild. But overall, a lot of people do see it as the same of what we had previously uh, along not really a big graphic update per se. It does look a little bit better than the original. Uh, it's same formula overall. And I think while people are complaining right now on social media, I mean, the original game sold extremely well. It was the game of the year winner the year it came out. I'm about 99% sure. And I think this game will probably do just fine and do massive numbers as well, even with some complaints after this latest trailer. Um, I think it looks great. I enjoyed the original game. I do get a little bit lost in certain open world games where I start getting a little bit bored after a while. So that part doesn't excite me quite as much, but I feel like the story will be solid. It's Nintendo who always delivers when it comes to Zelda, it feels like. And I think this one, come the end of the year, will probably be up there as a nominee for game of the year once again. It's time to use that flu powder to fast travel. Yeah, yeah, a little fast <laughs> travel action. Um, it, it, I mean, it is interesting, right? I don't know if that's a Pona, but that was the horse name in the original. Um, but I, I like it. I don't know. I love the color palette. And I think one thing Breath of the Wild did well, it had a very light color palette. And Genshin Impact has kind of taken on a similar palette and done very well with it as well. This one takes a little bit more of a darker tone to it. You see a lot of deeper blacks, a lot of red, a lot of orange. Uh, once you get into the Sky City, it does become a little bit brighter and more welcoming. And I guess hopeful would be a way of looking at it per se. Um, but overall, I do think this game will probably deliver quite well and do 
Uh, some big numbers for the Switch come later on this year in the spring. Couple other highlights, we're not going to dive into all these for the sake of time, but we do have some Xenoblade 3 DLC being announced. We have Wave 2 of Fire Emblem Engage DLC. Wave 4 of the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC also coming in here. And then a couple other announcements that definitely took the attention of players. Again, not spotlighted by Nintendo here, but a lot of players talking about these on social media. That is a new look at Disney's upcoming Illusion Island game. Uh, this one, John, I know you and I commented a lot on the art style when it was originally shown, I think, in a Direct, or maybe it was E3 last year. Uh, it's just a really cool hand-painted, hand-crafted experience. Uh, it kind of takes that classic Disney spirit to it, the... Um, not the classic, classic Disney animation, but one of the earlier Mickey Mouse animations and takes it to a new level, adding in kind of this illusion per se gameplay where you're working your way through puzzles and platforming. And I really like the look of that game. That is definitely on my higher list of Nintendo Switch games for this upcoming year, as well as new information on the Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp. That is set to drop in April. This was a game that was supposed to drop in April 2022. Uh, it ended up being delayed about a year. Uh, we didn't really get many details on it, but a lot of people have speculated based on some kind of uh, insider commenting here and there with the industry that it was due to the ongoing war in Ukraine. Uh, once Russia attacked Ukraine, there was a lot of stuff going on around the war around that springtime. And Nintendo thought, hey, maybe we shouldn't release a game that is kind of supporting war at that time. Uh, so they decided to go ahead and pull that one off. Now they feel, again, while the war is still ongoing, it is kind of, uh, let's say, removed itself a bit from when it originally kicked off. And it's, uh, I don't want to say things are calmer because it's absolutely terrible what is happening over there. Uh, but at this point, it is not covering headlines as well. So Nintendo, it seems like, feels like it is uh, in a safer spot to release a war-based game uh, with Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2. And that one comes out later in April. Uh, anything to say on any of these, John? I know you and I both really like the look of Illusion Island. You and I have both, I believe, played Advanced Wars at some point in our gaming careers. Uh, any other thoughts? Yep, you hit the nail on the head, sir. Good job. Well done. I applaud you. Uh, chat, Philly Fan Dan makes a great point. How can they add 100 new Mario Kart maps, but not one map to Mario Party Superstars? I agree. Uh, I have been very disappointed with some of these Mario games as of late. I think Mario Strikers also kind of got the short end of the stick. They added some characters, but like the original game on, I think it was the Wii, was phenomenal. The game on Switch, I mean, it's like they flattened the soccer ball and threw it out on the pitch. Like, it's absolutely disappointing. Uh, I agree with the Mario Party Superstars. Like, that is one of the few games that my wife, Lindsay, actually enjoys to play as well. And it's like, okay, I can play this map 400 times, but can we please have a new map, a new character, a new something? Uh, and I think it could definitely use a little refresh or reboot in this case as well. It's as simple as this, Joey. The reason why they won't do it is because when they re-release the game with two new maps in it they're still going to charge you full price and you're still going to pay it you're still going to pay it because that's what nintendo does they will yeah. they will take the game rewrap it add a couple new things to it and still charge you 70 dollars to do it that is the, the nintendo way so yes enjoy your 100 new tracks on mario kart that's easy to do when it comes to mario party uh superstars Guess what? You're going to have to buy the new version of it with two extra levels for $80. And you're going to do it. Why? Because Nintendo knows you will. I mean, that's the interesting thing, right? So The Legend of Zelda also confirmed that Nintendo is raising their prices. So come spring, Xbox and Nintendo will be meeting everyone else at the $69.99 price point uh, that pretty much EA, Sony, Ubisoft, everyone else is already at. Uh, the thing with Nintendo... Xbox can kind of say, hey, yes, we have new hardware out. That's what Sony did to initially push that price point forward. 
That's what a lot of the other people agreed with once Sony made that push. And Xbox says, sure, we have new hardware, the Series X and the Series S. We can push 70 as well. Nintendo, Nintendo just says, uh, we have old Switch hardware that's from, what, 2017? But everyone else is moving to 70, so we're just going to move to 72 on our current generation. And you have some people batting their eye about it. Will they pay that 70 when that game releases? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that is just Nintendo doing Nintendo things. Because oh, you, you want to know why. Joey, just like how we justified the extra $10 for uh, Hogwarts Legacy Deluxe Edition for the 72 hours and the cosmetics, the answer was, oh, it's only $10 more. Yeah. And what it do we works. get out of it? Three days? I don't even think I can play the full three days. So, yeah, I couldn't play the full three days either, but I got a really cool Dark Arts robe I can walk around in and look at. The robe is kind of badass. badass. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like 10 bucks, it was easy to justify 10 bucks. Congrats, Nintendo won. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nintendo is also that one platform where games will always go up in price. Like, you look yes. at old PlayStation or Xbox games, you can get a Game of the Year edition with every DLC and map for a discounted price of what it originally cost. Nintendo, go try to buy one of those older games. Like N64, those games, what do we pay originally? Like 40 bucks, 50 bucks? Now those damn things go for like 200 bucks, 150 bucks. Absolutely insane. Like Nintendo is just, they're freaking Nintendo, and I don't know any other way to describe it. Okay, so Philly Fan Dan's calling me out on this, and I feel like I have to clarify. <laughs> Philly Fan Dan asked me about MLB The Show coming out. And of course, uh, because I do this show with my good friend Joey, a.k.a. the Xbox shill, um, I had to mention that on Xbox Game Pass, MLB The Show, for the third year in a row, is going to be included on launch day in Game Pass. Uh, so there's no additional cost for me to have to play the, to buy to play the game, uh, which means I can justify to myself spending money on stubs and on packs and getting my Diamond Dynasty team up and running. Whereas if I was to buy the game in full, knowing that over the course of the next few months after release, I'm probably still going to spend money, I would probably lean towards buying the deluxe or collector's version of MLB The Show because for the extra $40, $50 you're paying, you're getting close to $80, $90, $100 worth of in-game content in the form of stubs and packs. So you end up saving money over time. Again, that's if you play Diamond Dynasty. If you don't, there is absolutely no reason to buy the collector's edition. Having stubs does absolutely nothing for your road to the show. Having stubs and packs does absolutely nothing for your March to October. It's literally for Diamond Dynasty. So if you're not doing it, there's no point in doing it. But if you know you're going to do it, buy it up front. Save yourself the money. It's an investment for the next year. You might as well just do it. And yes, it is only $40 more. Rant over. Rant over. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if, I don't honestly agree with John's spending habits in game cosmetics most of the Shut time. Uh, mainly looking at his League of Legends account. With that, that being over said, like 10 years, though. It's over I mean, 10 years. Uh, what, however the timeline you want to have it. I mean, Lux gets a skin, it feels like, every couple weeks. Um, yes. But overall, I do agree with you on this one. I mean... I think that's one of the benefits of having it on Game Pass, and I think that's one reason that we see it returning to Game Pass again. Someone is seeing those numbers come in. I, I don't think this is just purely, hey, people are going to play the game. It's people are going to play the game and pay more money for those microtransactions, and that, I think, is why we see it on Game Pass once again. I'm honestly kind of surprised we don't see it on PS Plus yet. Like, if I'm Sony, I think I put it on there and say, hey, you can get it free on Game Pass, or you can get it free on PlayStation and see what happens on that front. 
Um, but with that being said, I don't think the plan is to put it on there just yet. So I guess they are still making plenty of money on that upfront cost and then still getting those people to pay uh, for those microtransactions as well and kind of doubling the pot over there. Um, but yeah, overall, I feel like if you're going to play Ultimate Team uh, of any sort, whether it be FIFA, whether it be MLB The Show, whatever it may be, uh, it is worth considering those deluxe editions just because of all the in-game stuff you get. If you don't care about those modes, like John said, it's probably not worth your extra money because it really is just benefiting you for currency for modes you wouldn't end up playing. You are laughing your booty off over there. <laughs> Pay to win, baby. Pay to win. <laughs> I mean, or you could be like Panicking Pat back when we rode the Metro together, and you could be doing like your stock trading of FIFA Ultimate Team players. Uh, that was hella entertaining. I don't know That's what Pat addiction. paid to get those players, but... And that was almost more entertaining than watching the stock market, just watching Pat watch the values of these different players and trading them between Metro stops. Um, but overall, it is definitely an intriguing market to see. And I feel like of all sports games, MLB The Show is definitely an interesting one to watch because I feel like it fluctuates so highly depending on how players are doing uh, with the little bonuses here and there. I mean, Joey, do you know how much Mbappe went up between uh, Foggy Bottom and, uh, <laughs> uh, and LaFont Plaza? Like, it went up like... 80 credits like 80 coins it's it's insane i remember him shopping <laughs> drogba dang hard back in the day uh he got drogba he was playing with him for a while but then he's like nah i got the flip ready and just flipped him out of there um but yeah it's just it's a fascinating market to watch absolutely uh last but not least for the nintendo direct and this is a throwback game i think i played the original of this and i you may have as well john metro prime uh, this was a bit of a shadow drop following the highly successful shadow drop of Hi-Fi Rush that Xbox did in their January showcase. Nintendo said, hey, hold my beer, we have one of our own, and they dropped Metroid Prime out of nowhere, uh, a game that a lot of people have been waiting for the next iteration of within the series. They've teased Metroid Prime, I believe, 4 is the number. Um, we haven't seen it released yet. Metroid Prime Dread did well, I think it was last year, maybe the year before. All these years are starting to run together post-COVID or pre-COVID or whenever COVID time was. Um, but overall, I think this is a fun game. It's different. It's one that a lot of people weren't expecting, but now kind of making its way out. Uh, some people are arguing whether it's a remaster or a remake. I haven't played it, so I can't tell you. Uh, my definition of a remaster is it's practically the same game with updated graphics and maybe some refreshed um, gameplay elements, uh, but no, nothing that's going to absolutely change the experience, while the remake includes something that will change that experience somewhat significantly from the original. Oh. Those are kind of my definition of the two. Uh, Nintendo is calling this one a remake, or a remaster, rather. Some people on Twitter and other social media platforms are calling it a remake, so you guys be the judge on that front. I honestly don't remember well enough of how the original was played, so I probably couldn't tell you the difference even if I did play this. <laughs> I accidentally unmuted the uh, the video, and it was very loud in my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nintendo, we love you. Don't copyright strike us. It was a half oh. a second. We're good. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> uh, Nintendo's a little aggro with stuff like that, though. They but hey, really we're trying are. to market your game, guys. Like, listen up. We're not running a Smash tournament. You can be gentle with us. Um, <laughs> moving forward, upcoming updates. Guys, there are a lot of games getting updates, new seasons all over the place. We're just going to touch on a couple of these. The first one up is Apex Legends. John, are you excited to play the new Legend coming out in the new season 16? Uh, well, you don't have to get too excited because there is no new Legend coming out. Uh, Apex and the team over at Respawn have decided, hey, we're going to take a step back from releasing new Legends and kind of remaster what we currently have in-game. So they're looking at all the Legends and trying to reclassify them based on the way people are playing them or based on the way they want to rework their kits a little bit. Uh, so you do have some new class perks coming in. Those classes eventually are going to break down into Assault, Skirmisher, Recon, Control, and Support. 
uh, with a little bit of shifting here and there, depending on that breakdown. If you guys want to look into more details on that front, please do so on the Apex website. On top of that, Team Deathmatch looks to be coming to the game as well. Uh, that seems to be a common theme for games, with Valorant also adding that. And there are a number of other big updates for Apex Legends. I haven't jumped into Apex in a hot minute. I don't believe you have either, John. But from what I've heard, if it's going to be a time where you want to jump back in, this may be the season to do so. Uh, will I take that offer? I'm personally not sure, just given how my time already feels kind of stretched. But if you are looking for a new competitive game, Apex may be worth trying here with this nice remaster and not having to learn a new character jumping into this new season. Yeah, Joe, I don't think we played since the Mozambique became a meme. Uh, <laughs> so so it's, it's been a bit. <laughs> it has definitely been a moment. Uh, another game that we really haven't played a bit, but Panicking Pat is in chat, and we did enjoy a nice game with him at one point. Uh, three of us up against, I think it was a normal or hard CPU that definitely ran us for us, our money when we first started the game. And that is Age of Empires. They're adding Season 4, The Enchanted Grove. Uh, I have slightly mixed feelings, but mostly positive on this. Age of Empires being that deep history type of game, it is interesting that they're taking an enchanted route here and kind of uh, adding, uh, I guess it's sort of a fantasy element into the game. I don't know how impactful it's going to be. It may leave, it could just be a color palette change with like a enchanted deer of source that gives more meat or something like that i haven't really dove too much into it um, but color palette lot wise i love the colors of like blue and purple and white it reminds me of that one zone in wow that you went to in i think it was shadowlands that i absolutely loved uh very similar color palette overall that was the fairy one that had that same color palette legion and it was suramar okay maybe that's what i'm thinking of um, but i love this color palette and i think you're a fan of it as well so it does excite me just looking at it up front. On top of that, there's a new nomad mode that kind of reminds me of civilization. So instead of starting out with like your city already built, you start out with three settlers or workers in this case instead, and you can kind of work around and find where you want to build that initial city. So there is an advantage of building it quick versus an advantage of trying to find the best zone to build it in. So I love the idea of nomad mode, and I think that one will be fun to eventually jump into. Anything else for Age of Empires 4? I know we haven't really dove into that in a hot minute, but... It was one we did quite enjoy for a while there. Yep. <laughs> yep. Too many games, too many problems, too little time to play them all. Halo Preach. Infinite next up in the launch. Why are, well, well, um, why are we talking about Halo? It's a dead game. Like, it what, is what not a dead game. Your attitude is dead, sir. Um, <laughs> just a quick mention, they dropped their Noble Intention event launch. Uh, there's a small battle pass that comes with this, about 10 tiers or whatever, and then there's a little story element. I'm not the biggest fan of the Noble event. I mean, I think these small events are cool, and this is just a bypass to get to Season 3. So if you guys want to earn a few little things here, that's great. Uh, the main reason I put Halo in the notes is because they just launched probably my new favorite playlist in all shooters right now, and that is the Community Collection Playlist. Forge is one of the most powerful tools in Halo, allowing people to kind of create their own maps and game modes. Now they have kind of pulled some of those maps into a revolving playlist. One of the biggest complaints about Halo was where are the maps? Now the community is developing maps that I would argue some of these are even better than the developer-made maps through the frickin' Forge tool itself. So we're seeing a playlist brought up with community maps. John, if you want to pull up some of these community maps, they have a screenshot in that second link I posted there. Um, they look gorgeous, and I think they're really fun to play on. They're unique, they're different. Some of them not as asymmetrical as you typically get with some of the normal Halo maps. And this is going to be a playlist that rotates. I don't know if it's weekly or bi-weekly, 
Um, but I love the idea of all these community members continuing to contribute to the map pool. While it's a bit of a cop-out per se for the game and the developers, I think it is a fun way to kind of get that community collection out there and allow more people to fully experience the different power of Forge and the different modes and maps and everything that'll come out of it. Uh, so as John kind of, you can describe a little bit of these as you scroll through here as well. Oh yeah, sure. So if you're one of the seven people that still play this game, uh, you're really going to enjoy playing Forge when Joey logs on when he's not uh, exploring Hogwarts and getting lost in the corridors and going into the Forbidden Forest. He'll be playing Halo, uh, and hopefully you might be able to get a full four-on-four four when he does. Uh, but yeah, some of these look cool. I mean, it, <laughs> Joey's hey, like, you're so For toxic. the record, my queue time is like six <laughs> seconds in this playlist, haters, so you chill over there. Um, but I mean, don't they look a little bit different? This one kind of gives me some Star Wars vibes, I'm not going to lie, the one you have on screen. Um, but overall, I don't know. I just think this is a fun way to keep the game fresh and allow different community members to create their tools and maps and game modes and whatever they may be and allow them to kind of showcase them on a bigger stage. Overall, it's going to keep the game fresh. It's going to bring some players back, God willing, uh, and overall, hopefully prep us forward for season three, where I eventually get John to re-download the game to at least play a little bit with me, uh, maybe in some like Rainbow Road racing customs or whatever. Joey, your God does not care about Halo. <laughs> He does, though. He does. He cheers on the Chief because we can't look at the TV show because that didn't go so well. So we at least have to bring the game back from the dead. Right? <laughs> we get what we pay for, right? Okay. Y'all are crazy up in here. Uh, next up, Marvel Snap. This got a new season. Uh, we have Into the Quantum Realm. Ant-Man the movie comes out, I think, next week. Unfortunately, we are not getting paid to sponsor that, so that's all we're saying on that front. Um, but if you want to check out the card game, this card game has been popping off. It won Game of the Year for mobile games this past year. Uh, and on top of that, we have some new cards, some new, um, what do they call, variants, uh, which is kind of the color combo drawing of the card. Uh, that's kind of how they... Uh, I'm going to say monetize the game more or less. That is your big monetization system. You see this really cool variant and you have someone like John who buys every Lux skin and he's like, wow, that card looks sick. Maybe I don't even play with that card, but I want that variant and that's how they're making most of their money. Uh, they do tempting. a good job of it's rotating. Tempting, but I've never bet on it. Oh, there you go. John's got to earn his golden game first. That's what I try to do. Um, there's some brand new locations coming as well. We have Camp Lehigh. That's going to add a random three-cost card to each player's hand. The Quantum Tunnel, when you play a card here, swap it with a card in your deck. The Quantum Realm, when you play a card here, set its base power to two. And the Sacred Timeline, for those who watch Loki, the first to fill this gets a copy of their opening hand. On top of that, we're not going to go through all the new cards being added, but there are four new cards added as well. In addition to um, the MODOK card, which is going to be the one featured in the Battle Pass and then released to full players next month. Um, overall, I think it's going to be a game-changing card, allowing everyone to discard your hand. Uh, that is one of the cards that I feel like will have an impact, especially in discard decks. So if you're into strategy games, into CCG, card collector, card games, this is definitely one worth checking out. And they tied in very nicely to the upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. Any other thoughts on Marvel Snap for, I think this is technically Season 9, but only like Season 4 or 5 since the official game released? Yeah, nothing else? Nope. Um, oh, look, if I'm going to buy anything, it's probably going to be the Deadpool Day bundle. Uh, I like I, that card. I think honest. that one is sick. Um, if, if there's a pack that's going to make me spend money, it may just be this one. Again, but it depends because I will not pay, like, I don't know, for Snap. Like, They're absurd the, prices. The, the Battle Pass, I think, is justifiable. But, like, outside of that, like, 
there's some stuff that's like a hundred dollars. I'm just like, what in the world? Who's paying a hundred dollars for this crap? Uh, there's even fifty and like twenty dollar bundles. Like, there to me, I just can't justify any of that. Just it doesn't make any sense. So I'm hoping nah, it's whale feed. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping the Deadpool bundle is not twenty dollars. If it's ten, I might pull the trigger. I might, might. Like, they did drop someone. I think it was a Jubilee bundle. It was like four ninety nine. Captain America was four ninety nine. So yeah. that's a little bit more in our price range. I feel like for games like this, where we're devoting some time but not tons of time. And again, guys, this is a free to play game. So yes, we're talking about prices, but these are for variants. You can earn the card itself, the base card, uh, for free just by playing the game. So unless you want some of these fancier looking variants, and if you don't really care about cosmetics, you don't really have to care about the prices. Last but not least, in our upcoming changes and seasons and such for games, we have Overwatch 2 uh, Season 3 has officially released. Uh, diving into it, we have a new map, Antarctica Peninsula. Speaking of dead games, by the way, uh, the <laughs> new event, Ultimate Valentine. This is their take on Valentine, where everyone will be playing as Hanzo, trying to hit that Cupid Hanzo skin with the arrow and the heart and all that goodness into one another. Unfortunately, no love coming out at the end of this. Probably just a toxic chat. Uh, we have the One Punch Man crossover collaboration. Guess who is One Punch Man? Oh, that's right. You guessed it. It is Doomfist. Who would have guessed the punching character in Overwatch becomes One Punch Man? That is absolutely true. And then Pachamari is also back celebrating the lovable, huggable Pachamari coming in as a new skin set. It looks like we at least get a rogue ho or Roadhog skin rather uh, for Pachamari as well. So overall, Overwatch 2 continuing to do its thing and had a really big launch. Unfortunately, since then, it has seemed to fall off a little bit, as a lot of these live service games do. Uh, we'll see how it continues on. But I feel like overall, John, this is a decent season. Uh, I don't see a new champion. I don't know if that's coming down or Hero or whatever they're called in Overwatch uh, a little bit later down the line. Um, but as far as events and maps and everything go, I think it's a healthy boost of content for Season 3. Hey, they've been doing better. Again, it's going to take a while for them to really win people back after two years of zero updates, zero content, and essentially letting the game die out, mismanaging the Overwatch League. Uh, just overall, it's going to take a lot to revive this game's community to what it once was. Um, it's not bad. Season 3 looks okay. It looks decent. It doesn't... I don't look at it and go, mm, this is bad. I look at it and go, yeah, you know, it's decent. But is it enough to draw players back? It will draw some players. I don't think it's going to do exactly what they want it to do. Um, but, I mean, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, step in the right direction. I mean, that's all we can ask, right? Like, hopefully, eventually, some of these games, whether it be Halo, whether it be Overwatch, whether it be Apex, who's also seen a slight drop here and there, uh, continue to find ways to bring players back to them and compete with the behemoths that are Fortnite, that are Call of Duty, I mean, Warzone in and of itself is a monster. Fortnite, obviously, pulling in crazy players every single time it releases anything. So there are some big live service games out there. And on top of that, Sony has mentioned that they are investing heavily into live service moving forward. So it'll be interesting to see what they end up putting out into the market as well. Um, but overall, it, games are in a good place right now while the economy is not doing so great. And we have seen some companies take hits, obviously layoffs coming as well. Uh, it does feel like games content-wise are starting to pick up as we head into the spring. Anything else to say on today's episode as we prepare to wrap up, John, again? And for those listening on the podcast, just to recap, we touched on Hogwarts Legacy. We touched on Nintendo Switch breaking some records and dropping a pretty healthy direct. And on top of that, some upcoming updates coming to a number of games that we, as well as you guys, play on the uh, multiverse of gaming out there on different platforms and consoles and all that goodness. It's just tough. I don't have enough time to play all these video games. Like I want to play like five of them at the same time. Right. And you can't. 
There's no way I can, you know, zap some trolls with my wand while playing FIFA and Marvel Snap um, while questing in World of Warcraft. It just it just it just does not happen. It, it, I mean, we say that, but there was that streamer girl who was playing like two copies of Elden Ring and one of them was on a dance pad. The other was like on a PlayStation controller. So I mean, good. John, maybe you just got to practice. No, she she's better than I am. I have no problem admitting that. I, there's no way I could do that. I'm, I'm just not that coordinated. It's not me. Sorry. <laughs> just I'm just just no way. I would love to see you play Elden Ring on a dance pad, even if it's just one copy at a time. You just want to see me on a dance pad regardless. Hey, Nation, that is going to do it for this edition of Level Up Live. I'm going to cut Joey off before you can talk about my my DDR <laughs> skills, my mad DDR skills here. Uh, before you go, make sure you follow the show here on Twitch to get your next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast version uh, or in the feed, please do leave us a review if your podcatcher allows you to. Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and your podcatcher of choice. If it's not listed there, just look us up. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from our community so much. There are multiple ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely. Level Up Nation. Thank you all for subscribing to our podcast feed. You can also find us on Twitter at Level Up Live. That is L-V-L-U-P Live. In addition to that, you can follow the umbrella company OTN Media as well. Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, whether you're listening to the podcast, whether you're catching us through a tweet, however you found us, come check us out on Twitch as well. That's twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. This show, Level of Live, typically Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time, as well as other streams throughout the week. Typically Thursday, because who knows? We may just cancel. We don't know yet. It's fine. <laughs> Make sure you tune in possibly next Thursday, February 16th. We'll be here. As we continue to cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news, do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, level up.